so we just do an hour or something just see yeah, how sure. it goes it's no no biggie yeah still uh, feels weird but okay <laughs> <laughs> welcome to episode 24 of comedy guy with lewis zezaran and this is a very special episode because we have outgoing comedy estonia project manager merrily vita with us merrily thank you for joining me on the thank podcast. you for calling me <laughs> Oh, this is so good you're here. <laughs> you're about on the other side. Yeah, this is weird. I'm sitting on the wrong side of the table, actually. Because <laughs> <laughs> this table, though, if you're watching us on the video, this is where we work every day. This is just, we just turn it on and work here. Uh, now, Marily, I think that you need to, you need to speak out. Okay. You need to react. You need to uh, quash the rumors <laughs> okay. about, you need to spill the gossip as to why you are leaving Comedy Estonia. Well, there is going to be a little Comedy Estonia baby. Let's put that out there. It's not mine. All right. I don't know if that <laughs> might have come out in the wrong way. No, no. It's, yeah, it's, uh, I'm leaving the family for a few years to come back uh, even stronger and uh, more, I don't know, grown up. <laughs> <laughs> grown up is not something what, we do well around yeah, here. That's it's true. Not, that's true. It's not known as being Or maybe just podcast. handle a little bit more time with the kids you know to handle all the comedians even better <laughs> <laughs> i don't know so basically yeah a few years break is coming ahead fair enough yeah um yeah i think when we put the job ad out to to search for the new project manager mm -hmm. that uh, a lot of people were like what what are you looking for another has this company got turnover problems what's the gossip what's the scoop on the inside is there some sort of toxic culture yeah, That's actually, last time when we were looking for the operations manager, mm -hmm. uh, we were looking for Hella, then uh, I think I'd had like five or ten people asking me if I'm leaving <laughs> and why am I leaving? I'm like, no, 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 I'm still staying there. <laughs> we're just growing. But this time, like, actually, I, only one person asked me and that's the person who is actually coming to work here now. <laughs> so that's interesting. That's legit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, don't you know we can grow? <laughs> yeah, we that's can grow. Possible. It doesn't mean like, no, people still don't quite understand, I guess, how big this operation is and the different things that we Absolutely. do. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's all legit, guys. Didn't scare them <laughs> away or nothing. No, I actually love this place. I want to come back here. Wow, <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. I hope you can come back. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> we'll I think see. We'll see. Of course, you don't know how the future is going to go. You don't know I what's... I have no idea. No, how things are going to be. Uh, how, how long approximately until Plus One is appearing into this great world? Well, probably in September. Mm. Let's hope it will be in September. If earlier, then uh, that would be good. Sure. If later, I can't handle that. So, yeah. Get out! <laughs> Basically, yeah. Get done! Come on! <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, September. Uh, is, uh, is to do dates. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. So, at the end of the week, it's your final uh, days here. Mm -hmm. It is. Oh, but cool. I'm not going away anywhere, though. Mm -hmm. It's just the official day, I guess. Sure. I can't leave like that. I don't, I don't know. Uh, in the past, in the last workplaces where I've been, I was always waiting for the last day so badly. This time, I'm not. So, mm. this is weird. <laughs> that is weird. Holy shit. <laughs> I mean, I mean I'm yeah. going to be in the summer tour anyways. I'm going to be hanging around other guys anyways. Absolutely. So. Are, we staying at your, are we still staying at your summer yep, house? In my summer house. Tremendous. Yep. Two nights, I guess. I guess so. We've got two nights in uh, Vusu. Mm -hmm, exactly. And uh, Marily has a summer house near there, so we, we can stay up there. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I, I thought that... The idea behind this podcast is mm -hmm. everyone says, oh, well, it's good to uh, in HR to mm -hmm. have an exit interview. <laughs> Got to have an exit interview. Work out what was good <laughs> about the employment and what's not. And with all things Comedy Estonia, we sit back and go, well, what's the most Comedy Estonia way that we can do anything 
and recording this as a podcast seemed like the most comedy Estonia way mm. to have an exit interview, talk about your job and talk about comedy Estonia and yeah, your thoughts so. and, and all that and good even, and bad. Good even and bad. though it terrifies me right now still. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a behind the curtain person. Right. And that's yeah. interesting. You're, you're totally comfortable with that thing. You're not the... Mm-hmm. that entertainer style yeah. okay. i can be on a stage whatever else but if i have to open my mouth i'm scared i'm terrified i'm shaking <laughs> has being around artists changed that at all or, or just that something like explain that okay explain that because we're all overactive jumping around <laughs> uh, attention seekers and True. so the idea that you could be choked up on stage that you could not know what to say that you could not seek attention is a very foreign concept to a bunch of us. I guess I can see that actually these people do need a person who is pushing them from behind, like the uh, person you can't see who st- does the black work, I guess. And I'm fine with that. I love that. Mm. And uh, because if the so-called dirty work is good, then that is work on the stage is good as well. So it like my work shows through the comedian's work, I guess, mm. kind of. <laughs> I think so. And I think it's an enlightened mm-hmm. way to look that to understand that, you're not the star Mm -hmm. but that's okay like we're all like we're all not the star and we don't that's not (laughs) i think we have enough stars in the group (laughs) hopefully hopefully (laughs) to keep us going for a few more years yeah no it's good and uh actually i prefer it that way as well so even the sound checks or whatever else i'm always so happy when the boys do it (laughs) (laughs) you don't do anything like that i hate the microphone in that way (laughs) i'm uh i a good friend of mine uh, you know well i'd always say good estonians put the wrong emphasis when i say good friend of mine Mm -hmm. like estonians look at me with this skepticism like good oh you're foreigner you over exaggerate all the friendships so Mm -hmm. i've learned to temper my use (laughs) of descriptive words about friendships Mm-hmm. A good person that I know mm-hmm. is uh, Veronica, who's a manager of Talcar. Oh, and I okay. really want to have her on the podcast. And I've been hassling her for a while to yes, come on please here. Yes, come, Veronica. And, uh, and it was mainly she's expressed to me that, you know, she's not she's the same as you. Not used to being in the spotlight, not mm-hmm. used to saying that side. And she's more like, well... You know, I guess she also needs a person on the side of her mm-hmm. saying that just go because without my boyfriend I wouldn't be here I guess. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, thank you. Yeah, you're gonna thank you, do I? Yeah, he was like, "Don't be a pussy, just go now." <laughs> like, fuck. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm gonna write out some questions for her and lead it through, and we all know I'm not trying to catch no one out. This is not the <laughs> gossip show. I'm not trying to find the details about how I could get a pair of Talkar's underwear or something like that, or what he's who he's been hanging around with. I just want to talk about the industry stuff. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's um, cool. So, what is? Um, tell us about your job. Describe your job to people at home. You are a project manager, technically of. As the official title says, mm-hmm. Estonian shows. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us what you do. Well, at first, when somebody asked me what I do, I was like, I do everything. <laughs> 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 but that's not kind of true. So um, I guess I compose tours. I uh, I see that everything goes through, that ticket sales are on track, that the boys are actually getting what they want out of this thing and uh, that their careers are going somewhere mm. in that sense. Not, not the talent management part, I guess, more of the... Like I said, dirty work. Mm. So, booking the dates, uh, seeing that the logistics are working for the tour, marketing, budgets, whatever you can think of, I guess. Mm. And being on on the spot as well when the show is on. To to see they have everything backstage and everything else. Which is one of the longest and maybe, I wouldn't say boring, but there's a lot of sitting around backstage. Oh, there is, yeah. 
Yeah. But that's why you have a laptop, so <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Think about me. I don't even understand what the fuck they're saying on the stage either. You want to talk about boring? Oh my god! The well, I do it. actually listen to them, but yeah. like I think the first two times, mm. and then I, I can't listen to that anymore. <laughs> so yeah. Right. So to to kind of break it down the way that we work, so we kind of view my job for our Estonian artists. My job we call is the the talent manager, mm-hmm. the manager. And it's my job to sit down and work with each of our comedians and say, okay, what do you want to do now? Uh, what do you want to do in the next six months? Mm-hmm. What do you want to do in a year? Mm-hmm. And then let's also have a little think about how you're going to have your Anaveski retirement tour <laughs> in 60 years time or some mm-hmm. shit like that with some thought for the super long game. And it's my job to sort of map that out with them a little bit and talk about what they want to do. And then also taking your input and your feedback. And then it's not, I wouldn't say it's completely just handed off to you to implement, but Mm -hmm. if you had to make a delineation, then it's like, okay, we've kind of thought like, all right, it's time to have a Mikal Mm -hmm. tour. Please make a Mikal tour happen. Mm -hmm. Then yeah, it's basically after they have talked with you and put the ideas down, then uh, it's more me talking with them now to make the details out of it or like to see what they exactly want. If they have already their idea, so. Okay, so they've got, and and thankfully our, I, I would say our comedians are pretty realistic and mm-hmm. pretty switched on. So they're coming to you already at a certain level, like it's pretty realistic, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I've worked through it and gone, okay, here's what I think. You know, what's, <laughs> but then we've also got to turn back to you because um, the guys can certainly be insulated and I can certainly be insulated from some of the difficulties, you know, what's it like to work in that town mm-hmm. and what was the hard thing? Why was that town interesting and not that town interesting? And mm-hmm. so then we might come to you not necessarily with like, we're doing these 10 places. Mm-hmm. We're like, we want to do something like, I don't know, five to 10 places. What's your recommendation? Mm-hmm. So there is still a lot of uh, discrepancy or, you know. Yeah, in, every in, tour know. that we have actually done during my time here then uh, most of them cities are already like set because we usually go there and it's easy to do it's nice to do the crowd is nice but then there's always like a few newcomers or a few cities that would feel nice would sound logical but we're not going there because like business wise it's not po- how are you picking anywhere. a city how are you judging when you want to rate okay you got your talent you got your mm-hmm. tattoo your pattern or your villain do we mm-hmm. know pretty well but beyond that, we have a lot of cities that we swap in and out, come and go. How do you rate these based towns? Based on data, I guess. Okay. Like based on the earlier tours, how has been the marketing? Is it has it been hard or not? Has it uh, has the ticket sales gone up or down? Or there is so many, I guess, criteria that you look at, mm-hmm. and also the feeling. Also, the boys have feelings after the shows, like. <laughs> Oh, I didn't like the show. I was like, okay, it was hard to market as well. So maybe we shouldn't do it this next year, you know? Okay. Yeah. So it's uh, a lot of things, I guess. Sure. It comes with, uh, with time. <laughs> I guess like a year and a half back when I just trained you, I didn't have any idea of that. Yeah. How was that? Let's go back to the beginning then. So I'll, I guess I'll set the scene uh, for, was it, is it a year and a half or more? Is it? Well, in September, at the end of September, it will be two years. Yeah, right. Okay. So almost two. That makes sense. So I'll set the scene for everybody here. Um, it was that it was September, right? That you came on board. Mm-hmm. So it was the summer. Mm-hmm. And I had one employee working for me. We were nowhere near the shape we are right now. We were still disorganized. 
we didn't uh, no rhythm of right now we've got a rhythm okay sander does spring then we've got an autumn tour or a summer tour and mm-hmm. no rhythm to speak of trying to get something in order mm-hmm. um and it's myself and just one other employee so we're doing lots of stuff and i i'm handling all the international shows we're trying to pull it together and that particular employee needed to leave and that's fine uh they you know had some personal issues it happens they had to go on quite short notice fair enough which for me well i mean four weeks is still quite short notice to me so mm-hmm. again no disrespect that happens but then I was left with the situation of going, oh, we were supposed to have this autumn tour. Uh, and we were supposed to finish that autumn tour off at Nordea Hall. <laughs> now it's just me. And I'm the only one to pull this motherfucker through. <laughs> and so I sat there and I worked like a fuck through most of that summer to get to pull that thing around. And then we started to hire. And I... Still didn't. Re- I still. I think one of my biggest failings still is I'm not very good at hiring, which you might argue I'm. By the I, I might argue, but okay. okay. <laughs> I still think I could be better. I think this no, is an area of improvement, mainly only because it's something that you don't do very regularly. Mm-hmm. It's these very short, big decisions mm-hmm. that are made once every year and a half or so, and so maybe there's that. I don't feel mm-hmm. like I'm practicing. So anyway. And I hired a guy because he had a lot of entertainment industry experience. Uh, he, he knew venues and, and how to do events and stuff like that. And frankly, and, and again, no disrespect to that dude, it didn't work out. It was just within a, a, about a week, we kind of realized this wasn't working. And this happens. Again, I'm not perfect at this. I accept my own responsibility. And we shook hands and we said, look, this mm-hmm. dude, this ain't working. And he's like, yeah, I agree. There's, you know, this hasn't worked out. So that's fine. And then I immediately went back to my second candidate, which was you. Mm -hmm. And I understood as soon as that dude didn't work out, I understood that I shouldn't be hiring people from the entertainment industry, Mm -hmm. that we have enough knowledge of the entertainment industry. And indeed, maybe our methods are a little bit different. So we don't want those old kind of thinking Mm -hmm. ways. And so I went, hey, here's this girl. She's got, woman, sorry. She's got like, she's gone to the business school. She's gone to EBS. This is what we need. We need a hardcore project manager to manage some fucking project. So I called you up and thankfully you were still around. I had this moment of going, oh shit, I should have just taken her. Fuck. <laughs> what was I thinking? I hope she hasn't taken a job. I hope something hasn't gone wrong. Actually, uh, well, we were supposed to have a meeting with the comedians. Uh, actually, this guy and me together, mm. uh, like being the last two candidates. And I was in Turkey. I had booked my trip to Turkey. And that's why, like, the stars were aligned like that or something like that. That's why you actually took the guy on. So, uh, I'm happy it didn't mm. work out. <laughs> what was the first impression about seeing our crazy group of people? Holy shit, what did I get into? <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, uh, I didn't know if I could uh, actually click with the guys and uh, click with the crew because mm. it was so different uh, from the groups I have been with uh, in the past. But uh, somehow we made it work. What other groups have you been with in the past? And again, we don't speak bad about people, but different sorts of groups. Different sorts, yeah. It's mostly like the student councils, like uh, university or high school ones or or some company groups where where young people worked in uh, uh, the port in Mm. the, yeah. We were dealing with tourists, basically. So it's so different kind of people that uh, this was something... I never worked with artists, basically. Like <laughs> in, in EBS, it was mostly business guy, business people, also in the student council. Also, everybody, everybody was dealing with something. They were already project managers. So it was like 
40 project managers together. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh my God, what a party. Let's get four project, 40 project managers together. <laughs> kind of like that, yeah. So it was interesting. It was different. Mm. What was that? I mean, tell me about those first things. It seems overwhelming. These people are artists. They're a little bit nuts. Sandra was in- intimidating for me. Was <laughs> intimidating really for everybody. It's it was- intimidating for me sometimes. Oh, you! I was just—I was afraid he will never accept me, basically. Mm-hmm. And once, when I was drunk with uh, the guys in Tartu, I think I even asked him, like, "Why don't you accept me?" That's embarrassing. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. It's good uh, to it's get still, it out. It's still embarrassing, uh, yeah. even when I still think about it, because <laughs> I was quite drunk then. And that's the last time I think I drank with the guys together. So, mm. yeah, it's—it's it's dangerous to be with those guys because they're drinking. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, they're used to this. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, they're fun. And uh, I think Carl was the first one who actually took me under his wing, kind of. So he that kind is a of, sweaty, sweaty wing to be yeah, under as well. It is. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but he kind of took me into the group. So that's sure. why I got into it, kind of. Yeah. And yeah, now I get along with most of them. Good. I think also um, it's a growth process for all of us. Absolutely. For, for myself, for you and for the guys as mm-hmm. well to learn how to be professionals and mm-hmm. to learn. Um, no one's teaching necessarily no one's necessarily teaching artists how to be professionals and maybe not even in small estonia working in the small groups that we have here so Mm -hmm. i think there was a um and that was wait so that was that would be september 2007 so wait that would have been two so sander would have just done his first tour Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no Um, i joined sander's third tour so he had just done the second one. Just done the second one. God, I yeah. forget. Okay. I came to Sosu basically. Right. That's right. Our first sort of autumnish yeah. kind of tour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, right. He just done the second, and so that's right. He's done four now. God, I forget. Yeah. Why did I think he's only done two? Oh, God, I forget so <laughs> No, it's been four. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, I, I think they. Uh, yeah, we've all grown as a group as Absolutely. well, and to appreciate how that dynamic works because it's not at all obvious how artists should work with managers and. Mm-hmm. How that also, I think the them. boys were like a little bit hesitant because the last person be- before me was here for 10 days, basically. So <laughs> <laughs> they, they were just wondering, I guess. Will you be happy, <laughs> Daddy? The other one ran away. So, yeah. After 10 days, he went for cigarettes <laughs> and never came back. <laughs> but, yeah. Because this is part of the hiring process of Comedy Estonia because I think we have this unique kind of environment. Mm-hmm. So, first interview with Comedy Estonia is with me. We sit down, we talk. That's where I think I need to be better because ultimately it's me talking too much. <laughs> uh, but then secondly, it's I throw the candidates into a show and they have to just mix and mingle and there's no right or wrong answer and it's mm-hmm. just seeing how do they mix and what's that vibe and how open are they and Yeah, and, so and I forth. think that's actually a really right thing to do because they have to understand the comedians and have to actually click with them in some ways. Not fully like be best friends, no, mm. but uh, they have to understand them, yeah. Yeah, I guess that um, that separation that you said, I mean, to be friends with them mm-hmm. and to be very close with them, I would say we're all very close. But then, like you said, like, well, that was the last time I drank with them. Like, we're also <laughs> not, because that's something I certainly, you know, understand mm-hmm. that balance between being too close to them, but then being the leader as well. How mm-hmm. have you tightroped that one? Mm. It's hard to hard question actually. Mm. I just felt like I shouldn't do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> For your own, maybe your own health yeah. more than anything. Uh, I think it came from the fact that actually Carl made a bit about me uh, when I was drunk. Oh, <laughs> HR alert about yeah. Carl Ari Varma. <laughs> but it was fun actually. Nobody know, knew. I guess it was me. And mm. then 
I don't know. I felt like there should be a line between professional like parts and the fun parts. And uh, since I never got to be like best best friends with them, mm. which wasn't the uh, core like the goal anyway. So I just felt like I should be drinking with my friends rather than comedians. Yeah. And I'm always driving, so it wasn't th- that hard actually. <laughs> this is true. And, and maybe just good for your own mental sanity to yeah, have absolutely. something separate as well. We are a very intense group of people mm-hmm. doing a lot of stuff. Uh, always, you know going full ball mm-hmm. uh yeah so so having your own thing and I, I think to have your own when you can to have your own social life is very important mm-hmm. in this absolutely job. and it's hard with comedy so yeah. yeah right because it is so all-encompassing mm-hmm. and the work that we do is so social by mm-hmm. you know inherently so social absolutely yeah um yeah that that line between uh being the best friend and then drinking with them and then because there will be that times when you've got to like be a bit hard or mm-hmm. let's say hard uh, deliver truths mm-hmm. be a little bit pushy i guess okay on yeah. topics yeah mm. uh, that com- uh, i think that comes down to the fact that they have to respect me and if i drink with them and sometimes i go over the border with drinking with them then the respect disappears okay. so i would rather keep it there <laughs> and lose it in some other groups of friends yeah. so yeah I just came from Madrid, actually, also, when I joined you guys. That's so right. I had my fair share of those, that fun, so <laughs> I didn't need that anymore. And it's actually something that I'm going to pay quite a bit of attention to, mm-hmm. because with our uh, new uh, employee, mm-hmm. for the first time, he is a man. <laughs> a Wee! man. We haven't had a man project manager before. and not We did, for 10 days. Oh, for 10 days. Sorry, <laughs> yes, of course. Pardon me. Why do I keep forgetting? Uh, and while that is, um, there's no problems, and you know we want to be as gender equal as we can. Um, you know that's still a dynamic, right? We have established a pretty strong dynamic of women leading mm-hmm. and women organizing and making it happen. And that you know, how does it work with this guy? You know, to not, yeah, to not, mate, to maintain that separation. You know, I'm sure he likes to drink as much as everybody else likes to drink as well, and you know, hang out and be social. And I think that will be one of his main challenges to uh, walk that line. It could be, but I mean, since he's a guy, I think that might not be a p- even problem. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, guys lose their temper a little bit less than women. You think so? I have that feeling, huh. at least with my group of friends, I guess. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Are you trying to say women are emotional? Because we would never say such yeah, a Martin Helmer s comment on <laughs> this podcast. But also, I guess the, this new person also deals with parties. So I think he's more used to that fact. Sure. So that's also a reason why this might not be a problem. Mm. But you never know. Yeah, it's just a factor, I guess. It's something, I mean, maybe it's just me. That's what I think about. It like, might have not been a problem with me either. I just decided to not to do it, <laughs> just in case. It's interesting you say that because, yeah, I just sort of, we've kind of established this thing where there's strong women mm-hmm. leading, you know, most of the things we've done so far. And I've been totally great with that. I think it's, uh, I, I, also, it's also work. I have a feeling it comes from the fact that it's a group of hard kind of personalities, like artists. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody knows that it's hard to work with artists, whatever artists they are, like singers, actual painting person, whatever that's called, Mm. uh, or comedians. So they are hard kind of personalities. And then we have another foreigner (laughs) leading the company. So I think it's a really different kind of personalities group that we have together here. Mm. And uh, I think women handle that a little bit better because, yeah. I think so too. I think that I'm glad that we're now getting a guy 
Um, it will be different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it will be different. And I think that I'm happy we're getting a guy now that we're more advanced at this. I agree, actually. Maybe back even when you started, uh, it, it just we weren't good enough then or we weren't organized enough, we weren't professional enough, we didn't kind of quite have our shit together. And mm -hmm. I don't just mean like organizational-wise, but I mean mm -hmm. as people. Mm -hmm. I think we've defined ourselves a lot more as who we are and I've worked a lot more on my leadership and I've mm -hmm. calmed the fuck down <laughs> a lot in the time since mm -hmm. uh, uh, since you've been working for us and, mm -hmm. you know, through the work of Comedy Estonia and through my own work to sort of just basically generally calm down. Yeah. So maybe now I'm in a better position to lead another man. Because I had a... I always had this... I can't deny there was something back in the day. Not now, as I said. Now I'm, you know, Mr. Zen Master and everything <laughs> is cool. <laughs> uh, but back in the day, I think I had a worry that if I put a guy there, they might form an allegiance to the guy and not to me. And I think that was... And now we're talking years ago. Mm -hmm, years mm -hmm. and years ago, right? Because we now we've been through so much and we've done so many things together that mm -hmm. I think we've all got a very tight bond. Yeah. Um, that that can really stand the test of time, and uh, we all—it's a bond that we all want yeah, I to don't go think for a long time. I don't think this is a problem anymore. No, or like, but maybe before my time. Maybe, yeah. Like back then, I didn't quite as well as a foreigner, as well as being a little bit separate. Mm -hmm. Like, how would it be? I'm in the backstage room, and I've just accepted. Cool. Everyone talks in Estonian. No mm -hmm. problems, right? No problems. But what if they're all? You know, they. I could have. Maybe before I had become confident enough in myself, mm -hmm. I might have become a little bit more worried about that. And I had seen it happen in other agencies. And I would say, oh, okay. not just in Estonia, but internationally, friends that I knew and the way that there was an agency and then there was an agent and then the artist would form a connection with that direct mm -hmm. agent. And then that agent was then able to walk away with the artists. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think it will happen anymore. No. This comedy stone is such a family that... Yeah. <laughs> Nobody can break this, I guess. <laughs> no, I think we're, yeah, we, we understand each other much more yeah, these days. So I'm not so insecure about that. And also, they are worried. like become to trust you more and more, like mm. with every month, I guess. Sure, I hope so. <laughs> At least that's uh, what I see from here. Mm. They like have the respect and they have the trust for you. Well, I have respect for them as well. Exactly. And I found that's the only way to go about it. Yeah, everything is a two-way street. So yeah, <sighs> that's interesting. Yeah. I like this one. We could take this podcast a little bit slower. Usually it's just me and some other comedian yelling at each other and going really fast. Um, what was with that? I mean, you came, so you came from the world of business mm -hmm. and you know, project manager. That's why we wanted you. You knew how to run a project. But then you've got these artists, these people that work sometimes not logically. And we don't mean they're going off doing crazy things, but the... To be an artist is to listen to your inner self mm -hmm. when you are truly getting there, to have some sort of faith that you can make it happen and that you can do it and that your what's this thing inside of you is going to make yourself through this path where there's no, there is no path. You have to make this path with your manager and the people around you. Mm -hmm. Talk about that, like how that was to sort of look after those people because then there's a certain element of listening to them mm -hmm. and knowing that they're also an adult as well and they're also <laughs> in charge and they're also intelligent mm -hmm. but then there are times when you need to and, I, and uh, to push them and not just like get on the stage now motherfucker like <laughs> not just you know Daniel fuck it <laughs> stop it not just that but well, then in the greater period of like no I think you can do that larger venue or I think you can achieve that greater artistic mm -hmm. goal 
when there's that moment where maybe they think they can't. Well, uh, every time there is a, such a place where I actually want them to push like harder and uh, bigger, there is always data, data behind that actually you have grown, you have grown your fan base, so why wouldn't you want to try this out? And usually don't have to convince them for a long time because I just say them that I trust that they can do this. And based on the marketing data and all the data we have had with the previous shows, this is doable. Like you sold out the last one, why wouldn't you show, sell, sell out this one? And even if this is on sell out, you're still in plus. Like if you sell the floor in Venecultureges, because you're fine, <laughs> basically, just yeah. try it out. You will, you will never know if you don't try. Hmm. And uh, some, I think, just a few times when we have actually come down from my proposal, and usually we just stay there. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> because it's, it's never it never came from the just the idea. Let's do this. It's rather. Yeah, this is logical. Let's do it. Mm. This is my job to mm-hmm. go like, here's a crazy idea. Mm-hmm. I just came up with this. <laughs> uh, and now we're all going to have to do this thing because I think this is nuts and we should do it. <laughs> That's my job in the company. Uh-huh. And then your job is to present the ideas with more data. That's a, a very... But usually that hasn't been a problem with the comedians, actually. Mm. I guess they're afraid to come out with those ideas themselves. But if we propose, they trust us just enough to mm. know that if we do propose this, this is doable sure. somehow. <laughs> And that also, I guess that when you're proposing idea, you're like, well, I'm going to be doing it as mm-hmm. well with exactly. you, right? It's not like, just do it. Yeah, yeah, go over there and yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess this autumn has been a little bit different, but mm. uh, like the coming uh, season will be different because this is going to be a little bit bigger for, for, ex- for example, Mikael, but uh, yeah, and I won't be there, but uh, I, I, will prom- I promise to <laughs> kick this guy if he doesn't work for this. <laughs> <laughs> and I th- still think it's doable. And mm. I think he has a pretty big fan base now i think so too mm-hmm. so, i mean how have you seen him i mean because that's he's a great example mm-hmm. of, especially when okay because you came on board second sander tour okay that guy's always had a plan mm-hmm. but mikhail is much more yeah and to see particularly you know with the way the podcast really blew him up i saw him just before the podcast actually blew up so i saw what he was doing then and he had actually Quite decent amount of fan base, and uh, then came to Sisoyat, and uh, then the, they won the podcast awards. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that was it. That was the real moment. <laughs> and yeah. then, uh, then I kind of didn't have to do anything for the marketing anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it was actually quite interesting to see that uh, something they do out of their kind of boredom, and also just the fact that they want to do something that could actually sell tickets so mm. easily it was it was really funny to look at. Mm. I often saw that uh, the way I kind of pitched it originally to the guys was these guys, these podcast things, they're like a multiplier. <laughs> you can get your regular tour, but mm-hmm. then you can do 1.5 times or maybe double or something but like that's that. That's the case, actually. With that, right. But it has to come from the actually the, the point that you want to do a podcast, not because you want to sell a bigger tour. Mm-hmm. If you would do it for the tour, I think, don't think it would work like that. So I think they have won the fan base they have right now because. They're doing it authentically. Mm. Yep, that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> authentically, yes, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. They're doing what they love to do. Speak idiotic minds. <laughs> yeah, I think that with all that, we think that, uh, I mean, the scoop is that we've got apparently a podcast coming from Roger and Daniel soon. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, they've got a bunch of episodes in the can already, apparently, that are, are going to go up. And uh, Kulapod with, with Carl and Ardo as mm-hmm. well. Uh, this one, then Tusi Soyad, and then also on the sort of Tissident is also in there as well, mm-hmm. and part of our family. So I guess it's 
I mean, and that was so. Let's so let's take a step back there. That's two years ago when Tusisuya had started, mm-hmm. and it's taken us two years to. And also, we we may have a secret project coming from Sander, but we don't want to say. <laughs> There's a secret project from Sander podcast project coming out. It's going to be good. I promise you. You're going to want to want it. You're going to want to watch it. Yeah, what isn't good from watch Sander? Watch it, indeed. So, but it's it's interesting that it's then. While we were all like, oh my God, wow, this podcast is getting so much attention and getting all the guys' things. Mm-hmm. It's now two years later mm-hmm. and only now we're getting rolling with this thing. And I think not because of lack of initiative or something mm-hmm. like that, but because, like you say, it has to be authentic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that's a, a big part of what we do is listening to them and kind of... I guess you saw as well that you can't make them do anything. No, you can't. <laughs> oh, you, I remember this project we wanted to do for uh, last autumn tour. Yeah. The videos, the videos which actually went out, they were a- absolutely new project already. Like the original idea was like 100% different. And when I just first proposed to them, I was really insisting myself. And all of them were like, the fuck is this? <laughs> and I was like, what? What was the original? The original idea was us roasting towns, was yeah. it? Yeah. Right. Roasting okay. towns, yeah. So Sandra would just take a camera and roast, I don't know, Vendra or Volga or something like that. Which still sounds to me a really good idea. Sure. <laughs> fun to have some fun. Yeah. But yeah, the guys didn't like it and so we didn't do it. We came up with a modified idea and that actually worked as well. It was worked really well. It had content and there the videos actually are not saying much, but they're cool to look at because they're short videos and they're funny, mm. in my opinion, at least. Because they're the ones that you're putting out uh, before the show, mm-hmm. aren't you, into the yeah. event? Into the event and actually do YouTube as well. Mm-hmm. That was during the time when our YouTube started growing. Okay. Yeah. Yes, that's right. You've also overseen that as well, mm-hmm. our YouTube growth in that time. Mm-hmm. Two. Like 3,000 people more, mm. 4,000 more. How do you do? You, how do you see the social media landscape? We've got this big Facebook. We've now been growing this YouTube. Um, when you look from now into the crystal ball of the next few years, where do you see the social media landscape going? Or, I mean, beyond just you know, is it just focus on YouTube or what? For I mean, let's say for comedy Estonia. I'm no psychic, but <laughs> really, <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I can't believe this. this is, get out of here. But I do still think Facebook will be the main place because it works for us. It's just kind of it's meant for the kind of companies that we are so we're not selling anything on facebook like not any blankets or i don't know whatever else so uh <laughs> could you make our name a blanket it's gonna be coming and it's got it's all furry but the top bit is is smooth <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay please uh let's do this i can stay for longer this in, in this company just to make this blanket <laughs> I want one for my baby. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, I think YouTube is growing as well because uh, I also do think YouTube was a big thing a few years back and then it just, in Estonia, it was on a decline and now it's growing up again. Mm. But it's only my vision. It might not be true because I haven't looked into it. (laughs) But uh, also I think Twitter is coming back. Mm. I have a feeling. So you say coming back, like both of those were a bit down for a while, or we weren't in, sure. In my eyes, at least, yeah. Hmm, okay. Because I used to like be in Twitter when I was fourteen, fifteen, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and uh, it was a big thing. 
and uh, then it just disappeared somehow. Everybody disappeared from Twitter, like mm-hmm. at least the uh, people I knew, and then now they're back there again, right. and in their old accounts actually. So, wonder if that reflects just as Twitter grew, like maybe we got a bit sick of it or something like that. Maybe. Estonia is very early adopters, no doubt, of any sort of technology, mm-hmm. and then it's naturally come back as Twitter has mm-hmm. naturally become the platform in the world to. But actually, if, if Facebook would disappear, I don't know where we would go. Yeah. It's one of our main things to do. I think that, well, okay, interesting one. What mm. would we do if tomorrow Facebook didn't exist? <laughs> I would write to the Facebook guy, what the fuck did you do? <laughs> Yo, Zuck! Zuck. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, then I guess it would be homepage. Mm. Because I don't see any other ways. Sure. And homepages have been there like since, I don't know. Apparently, they're coming back, too. Yeah. Talking to Phil, uh, because Phil is the um, venue manager for Studio. He mm-hmm. books Studio. And he said that they uh, do a lot of their stuff directly through their website. Mm. Now, they have a different ticket sales scenario. They've got smaller, more regular tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said, yeah, they're selling a lot. And they're using GateMe, mm-hmm. which I think is a bit more rigged up for lists. For se- it is more rigged up for nightclubs rather than Absolutely, what we're yeah. trying to do. Um, and then he also said those guys at, uh, I think it was Silver Tickets, yeah. The ones where they, uh, the only good thing or so we can work out is um, that they apparently they can sell through your mobile phone. Mm-hmm. That you can put that to your phone bill. Yeah, for like club it would make sense. Mm. Also, it would make sense for our sold out shows where we do actually add like two extra tickets on sale. Or like we have two last tickets on sale. We don't want to do door sales because if anyone buys them from the Pilate Levy, then we can't kind of sell them in, in, um, okay. in cash. Yeah. That would make sense then, but it's just a few. Just a few, yeah. Yeah, like Vene Kulturikaskus has numbered seats, so that's not a problem there. But it's probably like one crawl when it's almost sold out and you have a, just literally two extra seats there mm. and you don't know if you're going to sell it in Pilate Levy or not. Yeah, that's right. Because still, if you go to Pilates Levy, you still got to put your credit card info mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. and still, and it's uh, harder than yeah. Yeah, so it would be easier through a mobile like. True, straight yeah. on the mobile app, right? So then that is closer to the nightclub experience mm-hmm. where I'm walking mm-hmm. along. And I'm like, oh, I want to get that right now and walk in right now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I like, uh, uh, reason Marilee was laughing because I like antagonizing salespeople <laughs> because I grew up, my father is super duper salesman. I grew up, uh, he, he is a salesman for industrial products in Australia. He used to drive around and look after his customers and I grew up with the deal, right? I understood the wheeler and the dealer, the mm-hmm. bargainer, the, the, I grew up with my father just walking out of stores when he didn't get service and just going like not not good enough not good enough customer service so when heaven forbid poor salespeople call us up and try to pitch some new service i'm just like i'll literally be like dude you can do a better job than this <laughs> you're doing a terrible sales job on me bro come on and that gentleman from silver tickets yeah he tried to pull though he was like first of all he speaks estonian to me and i'm like mm, okay you haven't really done your work on this one but okay maybe a bit arrogant of me you don't really know what to expect from comedy estonia but i mean in terms of number of tickets sold on pillar to levy like we'd have to be in a top something mm-hmm. so okay do your research bro secondly but fine world doesn't revolve around me politely asked him to switch to english and he's like oh yeah and i was like hey can you write to the email he's like no i can't do the email um hey we need and then it's like his words are we need to make a meeting and oh dude that triggers me i'm like what bro you telling me? Nah, man. You are so bad at this, bro. 
Like you're just coming to the customer and going, we need to make a meeting. Do you find this works? And uh, Yeah, he did it to me as well. Like <laughs> through email. Like I never answered the phone calls, I guess. He's opened, it's like he's opened that sales textbook and gone, here's what you need to do. Mm. You need to make a deal. You need to bring it through. You need to get a close and get an action. I'm like, I uh, was being really nice to him. Oh, actually, I was explaining why would we wouldn't want to come and mm. whatever else and maybe in the future and whatever yeah. else. But, uh, and in my defense, if they want to keep engaging me, I will talk them through it. <laughs> and I will talk them yeah. through why. And when I've had actually good relationships come out with some advertising companies. That was that screens guy, I remember. Mm. He was all right. He came back to me later and said, hey, is this a better way to do it? And I went, yeah, bro, that's actually really good the way you're doing it now. So I don't mean to just antagonize them for my fun. <laughs> I mean, it is a lot of fun at the time. It is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you've done very well in that regard, I would say, to deal with different agencies. Like, I don't know anything about the marketing things, like in each town and each place that we do. How do you assess, like we talked a bit about what's a good town and a bad town. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different things. But if I say, uh, or like if it's like, all right, we're selling the show in X place. How do you know whether of all the different things that we could market in that town, mm-hmm. how do you know what is the thing to do? At first, I don't. <laughs> There's a tryout method, I guess. Sure. But uh, also, sometimes there, are, like some people, to contact me and offer something, and I'm like, "What the hell? Let's try this out." And mm-hmm. if it works, I will do it this next time again. So we have like worked the system out now. Mm-hmm. But first, it was just tryouts, and usually, I just was thinking about that. I want people to see it. I want to have it everywhere in the town, so they can't forget that we're actually coming. So, I guess. A little bit in offline media, but mostly online media. Mm. Unless the city actually tells me to use only offline media. So, uh, yeah. Small, yeah, it's, it's basically just Googling what they have and see what would make sense budget-wise and actually how many contacts they have. There's, mm. again, a lot of things, but yeah. Mm. It's trial method, I guess. Because I guess as the town gets smaller, that's when the online... Possibly mm-hmm. works less and less. Absolutely, yeah. Because you can't do the target. You can't do the more border, li- border, cl- close to border cities. Uh, the less uh, online things work there. Oh, physical border. Yeah. You're trying to say Valga. Yeah, basically, <laughs> <laughs> basically. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, the more inner country or like dirty by that st- those stuffs. Mm. Offline works there as well, but they need online stuff as well. Mm. And they are like active and online. Okay, some sort of blended approach. Yeah. So there's actually people using groups and mm-hmm. things like that. And at the same time, Tallinn Tartum, no offline, please. <laughs> right, yes. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Because offline is actually quite expensive way to market things uh, compared to the online websites. How so? Do you mean uh, to physically put stuff up or what, what do you mean to yeah, buy? If you want to put stuff... What would you buy? What's an expensive thing we're buying in Tallinn then? Uh, uh, online? Mm, offline. Offline? We don't do offline. In oh, wait, wait, offline. No, we don't, but... Yeah, well, yeah okay. Besides posters, and that's not that expensive. Mm. But I mean, if we would, like, if we do offline media, that's usually the newspapers or uh, stuff like that, that's quite expensive to do that because there is printing costs and whatever costs else, and they come together and they want to have a profit as well, and then we have to pay that. <laughs> so uh, it's uh, cheaper to do it online. Mm. But if it doesn't work, like in Volga, then you have to spend. <laughs> I think also in the smaller town, the offline works because it's a small town. Yeah, absolutely. Um, where, like, if, I, if we buy an add-on Skype Plus FM, it goes around the country, but it's kind of not what we want. Like, how do yeah. you have a radio that targets Thailand? Not really. Mm-hmm. 
I think we have used actually sky, sky Bloss, mm -hmm. uh just as a trial method again, and we haven't done it afterwards because we couldn't uh, measure the impacts. Mm. It's uh, interesting. Like you, do, you don't know which city it impacted. Yes, it made you visible, visible in Estonia, but like, did it help actually? <laughs> it might be. I wonder because there's a lot of companies that just do general brand marketing. Um, but we don't do brand branding. Right, general That's branding thing. Yeah. Because it might even be not only that. Um, like back in the day when we were trying to work with Apollo. And uh, we did three shows at Apollo back in the day. There was this just before you or with you? Winslow, Glenn Wool, and Louisa Omelian. And it didn't work, our collaboration with Apollo. Mm -hmm. And the reason I think it didn't work is because we're just extremely different cultures mm -hmm. and uh, extremely different ways of looking at it. And when back then we thought to ourselves like, oh, Apollo marketing. Oh, my God. They've got every restaurant. They've got all the things. They've got all this budget. It's going to be great to work with Apollo mm -hmm. because they have such a marketing machine behind them that we'll be able to work on. It does look good. It does look good. In that way. Yeah. Right, in that way. And so we thought, oh, that'll be great. And I think the difficulty that we found is that the way that you market a movie is very different to the way that you market a comedy show. Um, that a movie is much more brand marketing style. Mm -hmm. You see it everywhere. There's the billboard, the sign, it's all over town. And eventually after seeing that X-Men ad 20,000 times, you're like, yeah, I'm like, it's the X-Men. Um, where we need, that doesn't work for us. No, we have more personal approach, I guess, mm. on the marketing campaigns. Even the radio ads that we do have, even the Skyblos ones, they were really personal. It was Thunder or Ari or Carl recording it and then we doing it in our office right right here okay. exactly right here exactly as we're recording right now <laughs> so uh yeah i think also maybe if it would be a bigger company like five times bigger mm -hmm. then it would work but then we would need the writing as well right mm -hmm. now i feel like the more like people know what comedy stone is it's more of a family and a more uh, small company that makes stand up uh make uh, bring stand up in Estonia, but also like has it as a hobby so it's uh, not a corporation or mm. like that kind of feeling. Because that line that we need to ride between, because I do think you, you're onto mm -hmm. something there. That's why people might connect with our shows. They're a personal thing. Mm -hmm. They're a personal thing in an age where we're more online. We're watching more online. We're more disconnected. Mm -hmm. We're more connected, but more disconnected because <laughs> we can order the vault. We can watch the Netflix. Mm -hmm. But there's this thing that you can come out and see. Mm -hmm. and and it's not the theater that's a script like there's something going on there that person mm -hmm. is really mm -hmm. there and to have that growth but then people connect with us because we are this thing like we can't be too big and i think also well where am i going with this in that we, you said five times as big right yeah five times as big doesn't exist in estonia that's true. Which also defines us and makes us an interesting thing that mm -hmm. there is a ceiling there that we can't go over anyway. So we may as well stick to this nice level where we like it and everyone likes it. And this I is think cool it works thing. for Comet Stone as well. Yeah. So like if it would be, okay, let's say twice as big, I think it would be already maybe a little bit too big. Mm. Yeah, it can grow still a little bit. And afterwards, it doesn't have to grow into the heights. It can go like wider basically mm. in mm -hmm. that sense. So, yeah. There is because I, I think there there might be some larger tours. I mean, mm -hmm. but I looked at Nina Metz's tour and it's not 
that many cities on Nina Metz's whatever kill kill stand up comedy tour, whatever kill Bill, kill kid, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. There's not that many. Like all I'm trying to do is compare to okay, who's a star, right? Who's the TV star? He's Kronika Actor of the Year, which is no doubt the greatest award that anyone could win, uh, and completely out of the blue that he would win that. That's unbelievable that he would pick that one up. Uh, yeah. And that he's got that new tour out, and there's not that many cities on it, meaning that the upper level can't be that much higher in terms of what the market can take and what is around here. But also, I think that like the, the Ninamas and those people, they are not that personal with the with their like marketing and whatever else the feeling of this tour, so they can't go to the smaller cities because those people would be like, I don't care about. Oh, this. would they? Because hey, I saw that guy on TV. So I can go. Okay, that's another option, yeah. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> but I see what you mean, yeah. that they're, they're not really going from that personal angle mm-hmm. of things, which is much harder and takes a lot more work. Absolutely. So. Right. All the guys need to be very involved. and. Uh, I guess he can go there once and people will see him like, oh, yeah, this is the guy from TV. But the second time, I don't think people will actually come. Mm. Maybe. I think they will go, but I think they're different sorts of audiences. I think that we're a little bit, I think that we can often be and look, hey, number one guilty person right here of being too far in the middle of the matrix Mm -hmm. and too far in the middle of the bubble of Mm -hmm. going, oh, what, you know, we are our own world. But, um, yeah, I see a lot of people like, because we're so committed to the stand up and we believe in the art form and we want to do it right. And we believe that we are doing the righteous path. The righteous stand-up comedy path. But, uh, you know, at the end, people just want to go see a goddamn show. Yeah, sure. And they want to laugh <laughs> and see a guy and uh, or whatever, a girl and, and whatever. And but I don't... I think that we rate things much harsh, more harshly will, than others there will always be a question if we wouldn't want to do this this way, would mm-hmm. the sp- people still want to come? Sure. So I think they actually do like the way we do things. That's why they also come to the shows. I hope so. At least the main fan base we have that mm. come to most of our and shows. And I think we have to build off that main fan base, those <laughs> core fans who mm. like it that we're not, like it that this video is a weird crappy thing that we're just filming in an office, like it that, uh, you know, the Sander just puts up a video of him, you know, mm-hmm. getting high or something I like mean, that. you or... go on a show and on a door you can see the company owner basically. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not usual. Sure. But that's so cool. And that we all stand out the door with the open mics and yeah, stuff exactly. like that, right? That's different from for Estonian culture. Sure. Yeah, it was when the, the Latvians didn't want to do it that I think I truly understood, oh, this is a really different thing. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the bucket system where uh, if you come to an open mic, it's free entry, but we ask you for a donation at the end. And um, one of the difficulties that we've had recently is convincing our Latvian colleagues at Comedy Latvia to do it. And not that they're at all you know stupid or, or don't get it or nothing like that. It's they completely get it, mm-hmm. um, but they were still having this hesitation to do it mm-hmm. without one of us down there sort of leading the way. And that's when I understood, oh, this is just genuinely a really hard social and cultural thing to do, to ask for money. And maybe I'm a bit oblivious to it because I'm a Westerner. And uh, we're also very oblivious because Carl and I and Daniel and Janneke went to Edinburgh comedy festival so many years ago and mm-hmm. saw it happen yeah so we learned from other international people yeah. and went hey we can do this thing yeah but for Estonians it's like you have to actually ask people or like you have to be more open than you usually are for, for <laughs> yourself to be able to do this so mm. it's weird but it's worse for us nowadays at least mm. I don't know what, what it was in the beginning like, but we've been doing the bucket for a long time I think I can't even remember when we started that 
system mm. many, many moons ago. Um, and it hasn't really changed, I guess. The system is... So, I guess that's in a way that that's been so ingrained now. Well, we would have seen... I mean, that was four years ago, That at least four or five years ago. That's been something, just been a thing that we always mm-hmm. do. Um, so, yeah, I guess also over that time, we just... No, it's not a thing. You know, like any sort of mm-hmm. thing. Hey, it's not a thing. Cool. Yeah. Stand at the door. Fuck it. <laughs> Stand at the door. Then Rano walks around with a spoon and bangs in the bucket. <laughs> Put your coins yeah. in. Especially in here, will be when they have this big ass like, you know, like uh, award thingy mm. that you can put coins in. <laughs> <laughs> what was um, what was your greatest challenge? Or I, I would say difficult time at Comedy Estonia. But I mean, you could answer either of those two: the greatest challenge or the greatest difficult time. Mm, I think the second autumn tour uh sos so mm. stand up on scene yeah this one uh i think right. that was the moment where i actually i understood the system that we had created already that marketing and everything else and which it is how much and i think we went a little bit over port over the border mm-hmm. and it was hard to market and how to do and then after that i think we got the best tour which was sandra's uh, fourth one so mm. yeah but it was really hard, also mentally during that show, because I was, I don't like to do things halfway, or uh, if they don't work, I hate myself. <laughs> so it was hard because you think we our ta- we we set our targets just a little bit too high. A little high. bit too high, okay, I guess. Yeah. Enough, yeah, yeah. But uh, it was, at the same time, it was my first tour that I did from zero. I think. True, that would have been right. Yeah, because even Sanders' third would have been somewhat planned. Somewhat planned, yeah. By the time, or at least we understood, like, hey, this is what we want to do, and you yeah, kind of but that was it. absolutely from the zero, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was like the first challenge, mm. the first from zero to the ending, but at the same time, when it was all like finished, I was quite happy about it still, sure. even though it wasn't what I expected from it. And it was hard because it was too many dates, the wrong cities, or what. Like talk us through all of that. Yeah. Uh, wrong, some wrong cities which we don't do now. Uh, some cities were too big. Uh, I think Berna was one one of them, for example. We're still doing the concert in Maya there, weren't we? Was yeah, it? I think so. At least can't remember now. <laughs> it's still been almost two years. But the concert in Maya was one that I talk about a fair bit because. I think it was the first autumn tour that we did the concert in Maya and we got like 800 through the door and mm. it was great. And then uh, when it came to that tour that you're speaking about, there was 550 or 600 Something, or yeah. less, right? Yeah. And for us, we're all like, oh, it's death. It's death. There was two yeah. less people than last time. Things are over. Pack down the doors. We're going home. Commit the ritual. <laughs> hurry, curry. Japanese suicide. Pass me the hu- pass me the sword. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> uh, we w- that's how we react to those things. Yeah, actually, that tour wasn't bad. It was really no. good. No, no, no. In yeah. that sense, yeah, of course. But, but uh, then also, I remember distinctly because we're always trying to find then reasons to balance our mm-hmm. logic with that weird emotion that we have. And I understood looking at those people in the lobby. There was no suits coming in. Mm-hmm. There was no grandmas mm-hmm. there was no older people there was just all cool yeah young we found people. our fan base in Parano basically yeah and they, those people came back and now are still coming back and it's nowadays it's easy to fill Endla mm. which wasn't easy when Ari had for his first tour for example it wasn't wasn't like. that's so interesting to think about now the golden boy coming back <laughs> can you know fill up the venues and do that but mm-hmm. back in the day yeah huh. so actually I saw yeah, Ari also before this is it so it was interesting. And now he fills in the big hole and then he was hardly filling half so small holes, kind of. Yeah. So, yeah. 
I think yeah, that that autumn was the hardest. Also, there was a lot of, a lot of things going on like in my personal life, so it was really hard to concentrate on the work, mm-hmm. and the work wasn't what I expected. So, and it was cold and dark, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was hard. <laughs> it was that, and I think also that was a, an interesting tour, uh, the second autumn tour, because so to again for everyone at home to sort of break this down a little bit uh if we've got individual solo tours are one thing we've Mm -hmm. got a sander solo tour ari solo tour miko solo tour and then we can very clearly sell on that individual you like mikhail or you don't Mm -hmm. you're gonna come or you don't based off that right hey i like that mikhail mama guy i'm gonna come see his show it's more straightforward um but then we've got the autumn tour that uh, it was the second one. We'd already done one, so people had come and thought, this is fascinating. What's this Comedy Estonia thing in the theatre? Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. But it's a showcase show. Mm -hmm. It's a collection, and it's not sold off any one person's personality. It Mm -hmm. is some combination of all the people there as well as the Comedy Estonia brand. Mm Mm-hmm. And also the fact that if you don't know any of the comedians, this is a perfect place to start. Mm -hmm. So you have, like, multiple comedians, you can, like... You will like at least one, you know, <laughs> just come now. But that also then, while that wasn't, a, I think that curiosity helped us with the first tour. Absolutely. Like I said, we got the grandma, we mm-hmm. got the people with the suits mm-hmm. coming, thinking mm-hmm. it's theater. What is this comedy Estonia thing? We've heard about them. Mm-hmm. But with the second one, we filtered off those people yeah. who were like, okay. But we were kind of it. expecting like them yeah. to come still. That was the factor, factor as well. Mm. So it was like after the tour, we understood we didn't have those anymore, but we had the solid face fan base, uh, but we didn't have the yeah grandmas, mm. which we expected to come. <laughs> Why didn't Vana Emma come? <laughs> if only you'd bought a ticket. <laughs> Vana Isa, come on. Yeah, I can't understand why I would expect them to come yeah. still. But also, uh, I think also internally in our group, that was a learning lesson for us mm-hmm. as well, because uh, it's more obvious when you've got one person solo to it. Cool. They set the creative direction. Mm-hmm. They can say yes or no to things. You can work with one mm-hmm. person and one person is reasonable and to do that. But then there's with the showcase tour, there's no clear leadership, mm-hmm. at least at first, not without mm-hmm. putting in some structure. So it's like, hey, what are we going to do? What's the name of the show? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. What's mm. What do you think? Oh, no, I think that. I think this. What about this one? What about this? Yeah. And then there's no... that. So the name of the show is hard. The it's concept so of the show is so much easier to do a solo tour, yeah. It's so much easier because the comedians always have some idea. But when it comes to autumn tour, they have no idea. <laughs> Literally no way. Because they have to work in a group now, right? Yeah. They have to work it out. But they will work it out at the end, but still, it takes more time. It does. But I guess also the, the fact is that they don't talk about it more uh, much among themselves, but they have so much time to think about this old tour. And then they have the ideas already. You mean the autumn tour? Okay. So. Yeah. I think it's because I, I think I feel that autumn tour for us was the time when. When we like the first one, we got through because we the ticket sold pretty well, and we mm-hmm. that was wait that was the say on stand up that was that, that one was right the first one. right so we had this nice picture and it was in Estonian colors and you know it it flowed pretty well yeah but then after that yeah without uh, I think it helped the comedians organize themselves into some sort of I don't want to say hierarchy mm-hmm. but at least some sort of structure. 
that allowed this to work. Because if you just have a bunch of fucking idiots all looking at each other going, what do we do? I don't know. What do you do? I don't know. What should we do? I'm worried. I don't want to speak up too much because of this person, mm. right? I don't want to... Uh, 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 uh. And then you get this... This is why groups can often uh, seize up a little bit and not mm-hmm. go anywhere because yeah. everyone's uh, not being dickheads but worried. I don't want to step on someone's toes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't want to put in too much work. It's the classic university group problem yeah. where you're thrown into a group and then you have to just work it out, which is unrealistic. Yeah. The humans typically need some kind of structure. And I think that's what highlighted to the comedians and to us that we need to get them into some sort of organizational structure. Mm-hmm. So they can make those decisions, not a strict hierarchy, not a, you know, up and down the chain of command yeah. sort of thing, but somehow that, you know. But also I yeah. didn't see the part of Comedy Stone where there wasn't that kind of a hierarchy because I joined you guys when social was already planned and I came when the first tours started, basically, mm. first show started. But I think SOS, the second author tour, second. really good? highlighted that. I think we coasted well, yeah. through the first one because we just sort of through enthusiasm and through like back okay, to the yeah, university it, group, it, it, a few mm-hmm. personal efforts. My myself doing big ones, Sander chipping in with a lot of, you know, always been able to yeah, come okay, up. Okay. And then after a while, we're going, wait, we can't just rely on one person mm-hmm. to make a group mm-hmm. or two people to make a group sort of tour work. And then mm-hmm. highlighted, oh shit, we've got to really think about how we organize and structure ourselves. No, that makes sense, actually. Yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why this autumn tour is so much harder, I guess. Mm. And right, it's also yes. why it's so much smaller this time. So much more. Smaller. Smaller, yes. Yeah. This year. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so this year, the way that we organized our autumn tour is we sat down and we went, okay, who's who's doing their solo tours? Because it's the way we do. We, we don't want to step on each other's toes. And one of the advantages of sort of looking after all of these artists at once is that we can plan them out and make sure that they complement one another rather than stepping on each other's toes and, and everyone's pretty reasonable. They understand, hey, I give that guy space. He's going to give me space mm-hmm. with the sales and the time. So we started by going, okay, who's doing their solo tour? Who's up for that? And that was Mikhail at a certain level and then Ardo at a different level. I think it was actually only Ardo and then we were telling Mikhail you should do it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the first powwow. <laughs> but uh, he agreed and he actually had the hour and yeah. he was then, yeah. So an example of just pushing the artist just a little <laughs> bit. Just, uh... Yeah. And I think also that's where Ari has been very good for him as well. Absolutely. To give him that inspiration, that little bit of extra They actually complement each other. So I don't think one would be like this without the other. So, mm. And not only because of Dusha, but just because they're such a good friends sure. in the group. So we started by uh, Ardo. We knew, I mean, this guy, dude's got a new hour every hour. You know, like <laughs> this dude's got... He's an unbelievable writing machine, that motherfucker. So he's got his new show that he wants to do that he has edited down from about 17 hours of material that he's written. Um, So he's got that show. And then Mikhail was going to do that. So we understood that due to the levels of... And then you need to sit back and say, well, both of them creatively might be on a certain level. But um, due to the podcast and different things, Mikhail's selling so many more tickets. So, Mm -hmm. okay, his tour is going to be a bit larger. Mm -hmm. And Ardo's going to be at that level. And that's cool. That's also just realities that we need to face. And then we said, okay, what cities are we missing out on Mm -hmm. with those two tours? Let's fill them in with just a general autumn tour rather than making this autumn tour this one encompassing thing that happens everywhere and must must go on. Yeah. 
but the feeling of this autumn tour is such so like uh different than the uh, last autumn tours has been mm. has been so i how think so? It, how is the feelings different like they had a big concept they had a photo shoot like <laughs> fancy photo shoot ideas tour names whatever else and this was just like let's do something cool but easy <laughs> yes <laughs> like like let's do it but smaller but still easy please yeah. <laughs> like i feel like the comedians also as well as me we got a little bit tired of the autumn tour it was too much hassle in a sense but i also think the give it a year and they want to do it again sure so this is a, like a little break <laughs> and i feel this this will be nice at the same time it is that balance i keep thinking about uh where was i i was in drink bar yesterday <laughs> the the home of where it all started back in the day uh the place that the very first shows in in Thailand started we would oh. back when uh, james ramsden was the owner and we would drag the one of these wooden coffee to the salt he had this solid wooden coffee table and we would drag it near sort of the entrance to where you walk into the the bar section mm -hmm. where the, there's the behind the bar and there's and we would um drag the coffee table there because there was a little mixer and we would stand on that there would be one shitty light on the wall just opposite and i mean you only got like two meters to that wall there right in front of you so you've got people left and right and everyone would just fill up with the standing there mm -hmm. was absolutely no seating you couldn't mm -hmm. sit because there was just going to be people everywhere That's and so cool. these were the drink bar comedy shows and the original ones that we did and uh i i remember i, I was went down to the toilet and i remember how we'd always put the posters around drink bar and always put one up in the toilet there <laughs> and notwithstanding the fact that one time someone cut out my face and then i think peed on it or something <laughs> like thanks guys cool cool um but yeah, the way that I was like, oh, we used to hustle so hard at putting up those mm -hmm. posters. We used to hustle so hard to to make that. And it's not that we don't want to do that anymore, but I guess that's the spoils of working so hard after a number of years that you earn the right to not have to put out a million posters. Yeah. In Tallinn and Tartu for Sandra's tour, we didn't put up posters hmm. this last tour. I kind of forgot because <laughs> tickets were selling and everything was rolling and I was like... After the tour, I found out they were in my car still. I was like, oh, shit, what's this? Uh, we have such a collection of old posters <laughs> in our storage room right now. So, yeah. I, but I can imagine like 10 years ago or like 8 years ago sure. when Comedy Stone started, that would not would not be any like, uh, uh, no, possibility to not like, forget the posters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Facebook wasn't as big back then. Yeah, the true. general thing wasn't as big. Which comes back to the thing that I wanted to loop back around. We, mm -hmm. we said before about what would we do if Facebook didn't exist how would that what what effect would that have if that that was just if zuckerberg was like pull the plug i'm out <laughs> see you later um the first thing is the whole fucking world would be in disarray sure. so it wouldn't sure. just be us mm -hmm. or, or let's assume then that for some reason our facebook page was deleted let's just say for some reason you know ari has dropped his pants he's <laughs> taken a photo he's uploaded to comedy estonia facebook That's we've been realistic. censored we've been demonetized we've been taken off the dark web um i think that no and i'm not saying like oh we're impervious to that oh mm -hmm. it'd be a huge hit but i think we're almost now past the stage where it's like well we're well known off facebook as well. Well, if it would be just our Facebook page that would be deleted, mm. then the fans would be like, what the fuck is going on? So, so that wouldn't else. be a problem that we couldn't work with. But if whole Facebook would disappear, then I can't imagine where we would get our fan base, like right. where we would talk with them. Or 
but then everyone would be in that same exactly, situation. Exactly, exactly. Everyone so, would be. So we would but figure we something would be out. in a better situation because that hopefully we have enough public knowledge about who we are. Oh, that's true. That we have a platform. Absolutely. And I don't just even quite mean all oh, through individual Twitters or, mm-hmm. or something like that. Like just in the minds of people. We're enough mm-hmm. in the minds of people. That's and true. this is where I think it's really hard for a young artist. Like people that are starting now and they're like, oh, I got to make the Facebook page. And like, oh God, this would just be the hardest, most boring, <laughs> dullest work to have to start a Facebook page in 2019 and grow that. I agree. Oh, I just- actually have one Facebook page on my name that's just sitting there. Mm. I don't want to work with it. Facebook pops up. Have you posted the content? Yeah. You haven't reached out to your fans lately. Fuck off, Zuckerberg. Yeah, they're annoying. I don't care. <laughs> Why haven't you? Have you thought about automatic ads? Yeah. Have you thought about just throwing money at us? <laughs> if you just give us your credit card, maybe no limit. Actually, no limit would be great. And we'll just we'll just go ahead and like, yeah. you know, like we're artificially holding you back. And if you give us money, we'll stop artificially holding you back. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are offering it all the time. Mm. Even for Comedy Estonia, so it's weird. Yeah. And we are actually quite active there, so. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so, I mean, that sort of that, we, we could get through things now where maybe that just overall reflects this idea that I've got that there's some sort of barrier that's been passed. That's that, true, yeah. Um, the more I think about it, I, I understand the fact, mm. but also it would be terrifying to lose Facebook. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I will be really lost there. Right. <laughs> Right, because what I was explaining to Phil, and I think that events can't and won't be split off, not for a long time. Mm-hmm. Instagram split off pictures, Twitter split off updates. Mm-hmm. I can't, events can't be split off because events are inherently social. Mm-hmm. An event, by definition, is more than one person. Mm-hmm. So we can't just, yeah, there's the Eventbrite, and Eventbrite is nothing more than a directory and a ticket seller. Really, they're just kind of bit worldwide about that mm-hmm. but to do true social a social media for events has to be linked to a greater social media absolutely youtube might be becoming one of those maybe mm. one day. okay it's another social media that's growing yeah. and could the events okay if, if youtube said okay yeah we we'll just now have events yeah and events can appear in that the would, timeline be like, yeah, right. i wouldn't be surprised in that sense yeah. <laughs> but at the same time i don't think it would work still Maybe in the like in bigger countries it would work already right now, but right now in Estonia YouTube is not that big yet, but it's growing, it's going there. Sure. So yeah, in um, a few years maybe Facebook disappears, then YouTube is there. <laughs> maybe watch the video. Hey, did you like this? Buy a ticket. Mm. Oh, here's the event that you can mm-hmm. be with or something like that. But something like mm. that. We also there is the community now, you know, the YouTube community okay. that you can share things with. So that is growing into something like a Facebook feed, mm. kind of. I mean, it's really just at its core, it's just putting status text updates in the That's middle true. of your videos, right? But I see what you mean. It's that community thing. Mm-hmm. The old techie in me going, why is that? <laughs> yeah, it's, just fucking, it's just fucking status updates in the middle of this. It's like, oh, we're building a community around this. It's all social. And it's like, <laughs> like no, it's just status updates in the middle of your fucking YouTube. What? <laughs> could be so much more this was a lot of my problem in the beginning when uh sorry (coughs) i mean really early on with the myspaces like when the social media just Mm -hmm. evolved i didn't get it because i was too technical and i was like who gives a fuck about (laughs) this myspace thing is only for retards that don't know how to make their own website why wouldn't i build my own website i did not understand that why would i want this templated thing that looks shitty and looks the same as everybody else's and i didn't 
get? Why why wouldn't I want my own individual place that I completely make from scratch? Mm-hmm. Um, because I was too far deep in the IT computer science of the whole thing. Yeah, I can see from that. the whole other side. I was like, I don't mm-hmm. have time to do, make it from scratch. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what I would be doing. <laughs> so it's good to have the template. Yes, please. <laughs> so, yeah. But I, I didn't actually start using Facebook that that like immediately that when it came to Estonia. So still well, learning it. What was that? Because I don't think I signed up for quite a while either. I remember like in Estonia, we had Orkut. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I was there really active. And then all my friends moved to Facebook. And I was like, what the fuck? No, I want to stay here. I like Orkut. I don't like this fucking Facebook. <laughs> I like getting messages from Brazilian guys. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> No, I actually like the the uh, descriptions that the people gave you. Like, you are like this kind of person, this kind of person, and then mm. it was all public, you know? I was a teenager then, so. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Were you into Raid.ae? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> That's awful. I could, I remember seeing that for the first time. I couldn't believe that such a thing existed. I'm like, you goddamn savages. You just, it's just straight up yes, no. And you're just putting... Oh, my God. And it's still working, you know that? Is it? It is. Oh. It's still active. I'm not like I'm not active there. <laughs> but I just like... I think a few months ago, I just checked on the page. Mm. And they're still giving those 10 points to pictures and stuff like oh. that. And there's money moving and stuff. Oh, we've got to go sign up. Comedy <laughs> Please Estonia no. On okay, yeah. Uh, you can actually... We've I'm got, leaving like in a few yeah, days. Yeah, we've so. got to go sign us up there. <laughs> we're going to have Ari's Mikkel's one there. That's the social media to connect That's with. That's oh. It's still awful. <laughs> it's so awful. <laughs> it's worse than Orkut. <laughs> oh, totally worse than Orkut. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Orkut shut down anyway. I think so, yeah. yeah That's why I actually went to Facebook because they shut down my account and I was like, I need some social media. <laughs> I was a teenager. <laughs> needed something. So, yeah. And Messenger wasn't enough, so I had to put my pictures up somewhere. Of course. Still awful. <laughs> Let's talk about something. Else. Sure. <laughs> um, here's the $20 million question. What is the hardest thing about working with Lewis? Hmm. Or sub-question, what can Lewis most improve? Hmm. Okay, that made it harder. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to make it easy. I mean, like, plenty of stuff, motherfucker. Here's a list. All right. I think you have those days when you're not open to new ideas. And then we, when we are open to new ideas and we propose them, mm. and there comes a straight no. Mm. And then, and there might come a, actually yes in a week or so when you have <laughs> thought about it. But the first no is kind of harsh. Okay, I hear that. <laughs> so yeah, but actually that has taught me to explain myself a little bit more, or like uh, not just throw shit out and not think it through. Mm. So that's good. But yeah, I guess that's hard. Yeah, I get that. Sure. I mean, and in the beginning, it was actually hard as well because I haven't worked with an Australian before. Ah, <laughs> oh, mate, just do the bloody work. <laughs> I, I was used. I was used with Spaniards or like Mexicans or stuff like people like that. Mm. So that temperament is absolutely different. How is that? How is the? What's the difference in temperament between the Espanol and the Australian? Aussie? Well, the Espanoles, uh, they're kind of flirt- fl- like flirting all the time, even though they're not flirting. So you have to like <laughs> take that into account. And uh, they scream all the time. Oh, really? Yeah, they're like they're really loud, mm-hmm. and you're loud, but you're not that loud. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, and also, yeah, I okay. can't make any more differences. But but there is the feeling also is different. But they're like they are soft kind of. 
I guess there is that level of detachment. I always tried to have that because in Australia, we are super litigious when it comes to workplace and sexual relations. So Mm -hmm. I was all like, nah, I love this company way too much (laughs) to have any sort of that shit Mm -hmm. mixed in the middle there. And so thankfully, due to my Australian training, um, that once happened to me when I was working in IT in Australia. And uh, I was working for an IT company and there was the uh, office girl there. And we would talk and we would talk all the time. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't even think I asked her out. But look, hey, I, I can't say. And I would talk to her all the time. And I even talked to her a bit when I was on my holiday. And uh, eventually, yeah, like the boss came to me and said, look, here's the deal, Lewis. She's made some comments about you. Don't worry about it. We're going to sort about it, but just don't talk to her. And uh, it's going to be right. You haven't really done anything wrong. However, we have procedures that we need to follow in this mm-hmm. circumstance that I don't know. I guess maybe I, I'm not sure. Written a too many. Ma- I, I really don't know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, certainly I had not developed the precise social skills that I have today. So maybe I didn't read signals and maybe I was messaging and maybe I didn't understand that workplace environment. So, that was a huge wake-up call. The boss mm-hmm. was like, you're going to be fine, but just don't talk to her, play it cool, and, you know, calm. And I'm like, cool, okay, I understand. Um, so, yeah, from that incident, uh, I always, I, I learned to just back the fuck off mm-hmm. and don't, like, you don't want to fuck. Why would I fuck all of this up mm-hmm. by doing something dumb yeah. like that? Absolutely. That chick as well, although the reason... <laughs> The reason that, uh, well, I, I don't know. Look, all these things are a balance. But look, the other thing to be say, and this certainly has no regard to my side of things, mm-hmm. but what would happen in this office is the her desk backed onto the boardroom. Mm-hmm. And between her desk and the boardroom, it was just the glass. It was just that bit of the glass wasn't frosted or anything. Mm-hmm. And basically, you could see her G-string <laughs> right up. And you could see it above her pants. <laughs> While you're sitting there in the boardroom. And that was the situation where actually I think they sent in the boss's wife to talk to her. Oh. Again, not even a man, you know. Yeah, Fair yeah, enough, that sounds really appropriate. Double. It sounds really appropriate. So, uh, and uh, you know, those two things weren't linked. Uh, I'm not trying to... <laughs> one does not justify in any way justify the other. I do not mean to say that. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, that's sort of... You know, even that, right? Like, hey, that had to be pointed out to her. So, she understood as well that there is, I guess, on both sides, responsibility. Yeah. I might say. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but in, in Estonia, I don't think there is much like office that kind of thingy going on, even if there are Spaniards <coughs> are involved. But like while I was living in Madrid, <coughs> it was really hard to be in a group of people who were all flirting. They were all going, okay, yeah, it was yeah. all flirting, but they didn't even know what they were flirting, kind hmm. of, you know? And since you were a foreigner, you're not used to it. Estonians are so different. Yeah. So it was like, what the fuck Just is Just the going style on? of their culture yeah. and the way they communicate. and. But you got used to it by the end, basically. Okay. You didn't understand. You, actually, you were doing the same because it was like the culture, you know? So when I joined Comedy Stone, it was also like understanding a new culture, basically. Hmm. And it was this time Australian. <laughs> Yeah, mate, come on. <laughs> right, so so in Spain, it's sort of like the women are used to that. They yeah. don't necessarily see that as a sexual yeah, forwardness because that's just how they, they are in their culture. That's what I felt. Okay, yeah. Maybe, um, I don't know, I was Erasmus and stuff like that, so maybe it's different, but mm. but that's what I felt at least. Hmm. So, yeah. You're right, I do need to work very much on uh, <laughs> always, I've tried to do that, to stay calm. Uh, I, I guess... 
I mean, you, you've probably seen me through my most stressed days. Mm-hmm. I think probably the last two years, and I would say that I've only really emerged from that in the last six months. Um, there was some level of it being better after we did Nordea. Mm-hmm. And for some reason in my mind, things clicked over and I went, okay, maybe this isn't going away tomorrow. Maybe this will survive a little bit longer than next week. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, through my most stressed days and the most overworked times. And uh, yeah, I don't know how. I think the most stressed time was during Sandra's third time. It wasn't because of Sandra's third tour, but it was just that time. Mm. That's why I remember it, I guess. And there was days when I was like, I shouldn't speak to you today. (laughs) But it's like normal. Everybody has those days, in in my opinion, at least. Mm. Even I do. But if you go, yeah, okay. So we can map it back. That Mm. was, well, a year ago. Yeah. Spring. But even before that would be coming out of that long winter, which is always really hard for me. Mm -hmm. When the long Mm -hmm. tail end of winter goes on and on and on. Mm -hmm. That's the the very tough bit for me. Yeah. Um, Definitely at the height of my marijuana usage. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely smoking every day, using yeah. that as a crop. Also in the office. To get, yeah, I know. <laughs> in the afternoons. Yeah. Uh, going, yeah, yeah, it just helps me uh, get through the afternoon, sure. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there was that not ready yet to let go of that crutch and not mm-hmm. ready yet to sort of take control of myself. And, um, yeah, there was, yeah, still haven't quite understood a bunch of stuff about myself and really pulled my shit together and enough combined then also with i think that year like you said like the that at the end of that year was still that second autumn tour where it was the hard one for all of us mm-hmm. hard one for us i mean working each other out like that's why i mean so many bits had to come together for us to be a bit more chilled out now mm-hmm. we kind of all had to go through that yeah this you, this spring mm. louis is absolutely different than <laughs> a year ago louis <laughs> That's interesting, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and as a group, we had to work it out. Like yeah. I said, we had that growing pains. I guess that growing pains as a group, that growing mm-hmm. pains as a uh, as we all matured as people. Absolutely, too. yeah. Um, yeah, so definitely, I, I for sure, I still have those days where I feel overwhelmed. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to hear nothing about no new ideas around that. <laughs> oh, it's normal. It's okay, actually. Because there's a balance, right? That balance of... Um, and I'd like to know kind of what are we oh shit we're at an hour and a half or something like that now (laughs) your thoughts on the future then because balancing off in this small estonian market like one thing that i i love repeatability i love procedure i love knowing that once we've worked something out once we don't have to work it out again and i think you share that as Mm -hmm, well absolutely we, we worked it out cool and that there's value in the procedure. There's value in knowing this is how we do it. We know how to do it. Don't fucking stress. We're going to plan it well ahead of time. We know how it goes. Cool. There's that. And that's stability. Mm-hmm. And you need stability in any business. That's what you're trying to get to. Repeatability. True. Stability. But then balancing that off with innovation. Mm-hmm. So balancing off that we are need to slowly innovate. But also we need I, think, to do new I think our systems are... Uh, uh, capable of growing with us mm, okay. like they can be still the same systems that are right now but they can be in bigger picture basically okay. but also like we talked before uh, we competition shouldn't grow that much yeah so like, that's what i mean a, the, that's what i want to balance it off with that the, the, the entire estonian market is not that <clears> big so how do you balance off we've got to be stable but of course innovate like any artist and any company should 
but then we've got this kind of clear ceiling mm-hmm. of our market as well. How do you see those well, three balancing? There out? are other markets as well, you know. Well, there are, <laughs> but we're not taking our core products to other markets, right? Like well, if you view the Estonian domestic comedians, yes, Ari's going overseas. Yes, maybe one or two will, you know, choose to go to different places. Mm-hmm. But in many ways, Estonia is not mixing with Latvia. That's they true. are quite oh, yeah. separate departments, let's yeah, say. Yeah, they're so different as well. Oh, my God. <laughs> so you can really segment them off. And I think you can really look at Estonian domestic as one thing mm-hmm. that won't, isn't, that it is in this cage in the, the borders of the Republic of Estonia. Well, really, I really, really liked when we did actually the Estonian shows in other countries. Hmm. Yeah. So that's a point which I really still hope that can happen in the future. Sure. Uh, I know it's hard. We saw it was hard. Oh, it's so fucking hard. <laughs> God damn. But uh, maybe it just needs time a okay. little bit. Because there's a, a lot of Estonians living outside of Estonia who would love to see Estonia shows. I'm pretty mm. sure of that. It's just we need to find the right time, right place, and right people, you know. Uh, the other thing is that uh, I think the market will, like, it won't grow, but it will evolve. So there will be new things to try out and we will probably be the first ones to try them out anyway. So we usually are. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's the way of growing for us. How big do you think, um, like how big can one individual artist get, do you think? Well, Sandra has time still. <laughs> has time. No, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, how big do you think that can be? And do you think, and how do you then compare a stand-up artist to a musician? Well, in, in my opinion, music, musicians and stand-up artists are not comparable. Okay, how come? Like, they're so different. I, I mean, I know there is, like, some things that are really similar, mm-hmm. but from my point of view, they're still so separate that you can't compare them. Like, yeah, I mean, the musician will fill in the... But comedian there? Okay, yeah. No, I wouldn't say that. Mm. So... Hmm. I think there's still room to grow. I think the next hundred sewer will be quite big as well. Mm. And I still think that from that, there is still uh, room to grow as well, but not much. So I think he is kind of over the half of the trip, I guess. Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But um, I think our growing will be more about getting new comedians on board. And maybe getting new projects to Sandra instead of just tours. And to all the different comedians. Yeah, absolutely. And also there is our upcoming open micers who might as well one day be Arya or meet Carlos Sandra, you know. Mm. So it's an ongoing work. Do you think also then there's a not only a cap? Okay, so expand that thought then. So if there's a cap for an individual, because Mm -hmm. also like um, while I think it is possible to do a larger tour than Mm -hmm. what, say, Sandra's doing, you then balance that off versus the frequency of that. Yeah, that's so true. That's yeah. why I was interested that Mr. Nina Metz's tour is not that much larger, not that much more, yeah. even though in the past he sold more tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, but he backs off for a while. As you've he's got the family, he's doing other projects. That's what we are doing as well. Right know? on, right. Um, so if you back off for a while, or at least from the live show, mm-hmm. if you had these other things you were doing, mm-hmm. then maybe you could make one every two years. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And make them larger. But Sanders just made a personal choice that he wants to do on one every year. Yeah, right now. So, yeah, I think that's the way of growing as well. You can just make a bigger cap and then make it bigger. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the people will know your name and they will, will come to your shows and they will be waiting for your show. Kind yeah. of. And at the same time, when you don't have a show, there will be the upper, like new up and coming open micers who will get to grow and do their shows and grow. 
Mm. I guess. I guess it's a balance. Like, I mean, then, okay, but if you, you back off for a year and you do a bigger tour, but then on the average, you haven't sold any more tickets, right? Like... Then there is other markets. So there's other markets, the thing like that. <laughs> or then you've got things like you know, Ari, you know, Tusi Soyet has only gotten bigger in Ari's absence. That's true, yeah. As well. So there's a counterpoint again to that. You know, Sandra's got the yearly strategy mm-hmm. where Ari's shown that you can, Ari Mikhail's shown you can back off from something and it's legend only yeah. grows. But they've got a product that you can uh, consume anytime. Absolutely. Um, I mean, Sandra does have, have it as well because he's sharing it for free. True. True. So the videos are out there. They're, they're on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Do you think though, how do you see then that growing with, um, so there's a cap for an individual performer and mm-hmm. then they need to control their pace mm-hmm. faster, slower. And that's also somewhat dependent on their own artistic output too. Mm-hmm. It's not completely constant. Mm-hmm. Either one's artistic output. But then because we are in the privileged position of looking after so many artists that we then have to overlook almost a whole industry Mm -hmm. a whole group and so Mm -hmm. we need to have our hands on a greater throttle which is almost all of what's happening with stand-up and so when we say back off from one but then we need to leave another but there's still a larger market gap market market cap in estonia for not just for one performer but then overall stand-up and then we then, okay, one artist has their cap and one artist has their cap and one artist has their cap. But then there's still only a finite number of people in Estonia to come and see shows. So they've got to balance that one off too. Yeah. That's a bigger question I don't have an answer to. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't thought about that much. I'm just thinking always like we're just going to go with the flow. Yeah. Like we're going to see what happens. And right now it feels right it's going to happen. So mm. I think that's worth thinking of, but no decisions can be made yet. Sure. I guess that's what I think about. Mm. That's where I oh, yeah. sit and exist. I don't I have go. to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I sit and think about how do we, what's the entire market cap of stand up? Mm-hmm. And so I've got all these killers coming up, all these mm-hmm. like the next generation is coming along and they're training and they're working and they're growing. And then I have to think, 10 years in the future and think how the fuck am I going to put on enough shows to provide all of these killers with the shows that they are worthy of Yeah, because the number of talents that we have and the amount of creative output that these talents have is not necessarily linked to the market cap. Yeah, it's not. You can have all these killers, but we're in a small country Mm -hmm. that, you know, there's only so many people who are, 1.3 1.3 million the amount of people that are actually going to buy tickets you know cuts it down and cuts it down in each individual town and place like that is not linked to exactly how many comedians we can grow that's true i still think we should be going hard yeah. because uh we were seeing in many different places that when we develop artists they don't have to become stand-ups and I think there's a beautiful example of that with Mariana uh, Ubelet and Silakadri Sima, mm-hmm. who have parlayed and diverted what they were doing mm-hmm. into this very successful dissident podcast. Yeah. And so it's you know it's not this does the, this training ground that we're in doesn't have to only be stand up. That's true, but it still made me afraid now about to think about the future. <laughs> like, what the fuck will we do? What will we do? I don't know. That's the thing you got to consider. We'll just take over entertainment, maybe. Maybe. Probably. 
or our bit anyway. Yeah. I don't even want to take over. I just, all I want to do is do what we want to do. Yeah. That's why I love this company. <laughs> <laughs> you actually, yeah, like literally do what you want to do and then it works actually. Yeah. But it works also. Would it work in a, like a bigger market? Very hard to say. Isn't it very, I mean, in what, in what is the bigger mm. market is that, um, is bigger Latvia, you know, 2.2 million? Oh, yeah. uh, or is it, yeah, Latvia, 5 million? We've got a pretty clear example about how the stand-up grows and what happens in Finland. And mm-hmm. uh, Because that's also part of our decision-making process is that we're like, look, no one's super rich here. <laughs> so we may as well do the fuck we want to do. Mm, um, where in Finland, there is legit, even with 5.5 million, not a huge leap up, not like Estonia's getting there anytime soon, <laughs> but also not a crazy leap up in terms of country size. Yeah. And you can legit get rich off your art there, especially if you are prepared to mix in a little bit of TV yeah. and sort of dabble in that. So does our formula, well, I have no, I don't think it necessarily would, but I think just because we've completely tailored this formula, mm-hmm. of course, to Estonia, because that's how we do. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, yeah, I think uh, it's easy for me to think that we are all super clever, <laughs> um, but like the same way like I was saying to Phil uh, on the last podcast, I don't, we are very good with our social media marketing, but I don't think we're social media geniuses. Absolutely not. Because yeah. the things that we're pushing on social media are just, Viral. Our, our product is inherently viral. It's stand-up videos. Everyone wants to see a funny clip. Mm-hmm. So we produce funny clips. That's what we do. But if you're a musician, if you've got a regular store, I wouldn't know what the fuck to do. I can't claim we're some Same. sort of super-duper killers about selling. Yeah, true. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, every time we do something on Facebook or, like, on social media, like, general, we learn every time something new. Like, mm. every time we do something, we learn something new. Mm. So... This will never end, I guess. No. Which is good. Yeah. I guess. All right, let's wrap it up here. I shall guess so. you good? Do you have any final thoughts for Comedy of Stone? Do you have some no, just visions? Roll on. Thoughts? Keep on doing what you're doing and I will be back. Beautiful. We yeah. want you to come back. Thank you. Nobody wants you to go. I thank you very much for your service yes. to our fine unit here. Thank you. We are better people for having worked <laughs> with you, Marilyn Vita. Well, thank, thank you very much. That's kind words. Okay. <laughs> all right everyone thank you very much uh for listening again what have we got what what show should we tell them about carl we still got a few tickets for carl left like five tickets okay uh mika's tour is coming uh in autumn in november which is gonna be really cool mm. mr clean <laughs> <laughs> sorry and then artist tour is gonna be a killer probably uh and then this uh, autumn tour and there's going to be a few of the uh, international artists coming. That's right. We're looking at our board here. Or something. <laughs> John McCombs is coming from Brady's coming back. Mr. Sloss and uh, Jim Gaffigan, international star Jim Gaffigan. Uh, kind of be interesting season. Yeah. Super yeah. interesting season. So cool. So this is going to be the first season where I'm actually going to sit in the audience. <laughs> 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 yeah. Because before joining the Comedy Stone, I didn't do that. Yeah. So. Cool. Well, I look forward to seeing you to some shows. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Thank you very much, Marilyn. All right. Thank you, everyone. See you later. Ciao.